Welcome to another edition of the Home Time Show podcast. It's Bush and Richie. Uh, I've got a question. It's not a test, but it is. it feels a little bit like a test for you, Bush. I've got a question to ask you, just to see how well you know me. OK, all right then. What's my favourite condiment? Mayonnaise. There we go, winner. Well done, very good. Yes, yes. Which is why... I've been a little bit excited about something that has been delivered. I've, I'm never shy about how much I love mayonnaise. Uh, so I shouldn't be surprised that Heinz have sent me a box of something new. I wonder what you'll think of this. Ahead of St. Patrick's Day, shamrock mayonnaise. What? This is getting ridiculous. <laughs> this is getting ridiculous. In the show you're about to hear... Two bits of food that shouldn't be mixed have been mixed by a company. And now that's what's happening here. No offence to them for sending it to you, but this is ridiculous. I, I truthfully don't know what a shamrock tastes like. So I'm, kind, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit excited about it. When I went to Amsterdam, there's a lot to open your eyes in Amsterdam. All right? A there lot. Is. <laughs> there's a lot. But when I went there, the thing that I took away from Amsterdam was how many mayonnaises they have. Seriously, really? you can have mayonnaise of every flavour over there. I don't want flavoured mayonnaise. Though. I just want mayonnaise. Why, why do you have it? Why do you have to have it flavoured? Do you know what I mean? You say that, but when you order Domino's, for example, do you like the garlic dip? No, not really. I don't like any of the dips. You're being contrary. Come oh, no, on! I, don't, I swear to you, I don't like the dips. I, I, I just like it straight up with a bit of ketchup on the side, at the, at the most. <laughs> I'm not in. What other? What name me some other like mayo, mayo crossovers that you like? Apologies, by the way, if you're waiting with the podcast, but we need to we need to sort this out. Uh, well, I'd say you got your peri peri mayonnaise. But what about just peri peri? Peri peri's fine, isn't it? On its own, doesn't need to be crossed over with mayonnaise. Not if you're dipping chips. You might oh. want you might want it creamy with a hint of peri peri. Right. This is an uphill battle. This. I'm not going to win this one. We'll give them the podcast. <laughs> Uh, so, look, we hope, we hope you had a good day so far. It's brilliant to have you on board for the show. Uh, Richie and I have been on a big work video chat thing for ages yeah. earlier on today, yeah. uh, working on something that you'll see soon on this Home Time show. Hopefully you're going to love it. Uh, but, the, you know, the thing about Zoom meetings is you get to see into people's houses and rooms and stuff like that. And we noticed during the chat, because Richie and I, do you do that thing where you message each other uh, in addition to the chat? <laughs> we noticed that our colleague Lucy was talking to us live from her bedroom. And we noticed something very unusual in the background of Lucy while she was talking, uh, didn't we, Richie? What I can only describe as a mountain of pillows. A mountain of pillows. Now, we counted them. We were, Bush and I, we're, we're very honest about this kind of thing. We, yeah. we, we called her out. We, we, we said, Lucy, that's an astonishing amount of pillows uh, on the bed in the background there. How many are there? And she counted them up for us. There were six pillows. Now, in my opinion... I, I talk about my, my my bed, for example. Right? I've got I've got two pillows. When yep. I get into bed, one of them goes on the floor because I don't need more than one. I, I just don't understand how anyone can justify six pillows on a bed bush. And you know she didn't really clarify to us. She said six, but maybe that's six just uh, superfluous ones on top yeah. for decoration. Yeah. And then the pillows that she puts her head on, there might be another two underneath that as well. So we're looking at eight pillows there, which is, as far as I'm concerned, that's out of control. <laughs> it's mind-boggling. So we want to we find out. I, I think there is very much the, uh, the need right now for an audit of, of the UK's bed pillow situation. If, if, if just for the very least to find out whether you and I, Bush, whether we're off the mark, we could be the ones wrong here. And we, we are perfectly willing to put our hands up 
up and say, yeah, fine, if you want to have like loads of completely needless pillows that you have to put on the floor before getting in bed on top of your bed, then that's cool and we're wrong and we'll change the way that we live our lives. But God damn it, we need the facts first. <laughs> Lee says, after surgery, I had to use one of those V-shaped pillows that pensioners use. That was 18 months ago and that bad boy isn't leaving the bed. They are comfy. That's the one thing I'll say in defence. Uh, Tricky says, five pillows, two cushions, one pregnancy pillow, brackets... My other half isn't even pregnant. And a snugsy of me. And that's maybe the most outrageous thing. This fella here has a cushion of himself. <laughs> it's his it's face. It's just terrifying, isn't it? It's awful. Uh, Ewan has sent in a, a photo. Boulders Brass on Twitter, two pillows, and listen to this, folks, five cushions. It must take him half an hour to get in the flipping bed. Ariana has messaged saying six... Pillows is way too capitalist. I have yeah. one. Why would I need another pillow? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> it's my favourite message of the day. What a great way to look at it. Big Ginge says there are eight. We've got eight pillows that have to be taken off every night. Eight pillows that have to be put back on the bed in the morning. Eight pillows, but they do look nice. Fair point. Right. Candice is hanging on. You can get in touch. 8, 12, 15 for text. Tweets at Absolute Radio. Candice, we hear you have an outrageous number of pillows. I do, yes. <laughs> Okay, um, you sent us a message. Before you say it, you sent us a message into the show and we just presumed that you'd made a typo. So can you just clarify how many pillows you've got on your bed? At ten. Right, that wasn't a typo. <laughs> Do you know what, Bush, and this is the thing, right, it gets even worse, right? In Candice's message, and this is why, this is why we've, we've, we've got her on to, to find out about this, she says they're all functional. Ten pillows right. that all have a purpose. No way. Yeah, at, at, at various points, they're all functional. <laughs> Right, you're going to need to clarify this for not just us, <laughs> yeah. but everyone, Candice. How are they functional? So, okay, so on the bed, I have uh, three on each side, and they have um, alternating pillow covers, so they match the, the thing. And then I have two smaller ones in the front, and then two square ones in front of that, and they all have different pillow covers on. So when I sleep, I only sleep with two pillows, one on either side of me, mm-hmm. and the rest go on the floor. So, therefore, surely the ones on the floor do not have a function. <laughs> yeah, well, they function at the beginning when they're on the bed. <laughs> You've got the, the pillow equivalent of a squad rotation policy uh, for a football team, Candice, I think. Right? <laughs> yeah, I rotate them, basically. But, yeah, Bush, you're right. If you use the football <laughs> analogy, I think some of those yeah. some of those pillars would be demanding a transfer because they're never yeah. getting played. <laughs> Squad players, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Great to talk to you, Candice. Thank you so much. Bye. Uh, Jules is the latest to come forward. How many do you have, Jules? Well, we've got um, two... There's only two that actually stay on at night, so we have one each. Um, and then the... The two that we put behind those are what you kind of prop yourself up on when you want to read or you're on your iPad. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the other ones are purely decorative, but they do have a function that we have a cat. Well, we have two cats, but mainly the main cat. He, um, he starts off at the bottom of the bed. Yeah. And then he just slowly, without you seeing him, worms his way up the bed. And then when you're back to turn, his head's actually on your main pillow. <laughs> wow. So, so your, 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 uh, your pillow setup is almost like a, 
wall or a protection again. What is the name of this main cat, as you call him? <laughs> he, he's called Monty. Right, so you're trying to stop Monty from working his way north up the bed. Absolutely. I just he's feel... very cheeky and he, he he looks at you and you've when you come back in the room and he's actually got your head on his head on your pillow and he looks at you as if to say, Well what? <laughs> I just feel sorry for the cat that isn't the main cat. I'd, I'd love know. to know what he's referred to <laughs> yeah. as. Um, yeah. but, oh, he's a good boy. He always stays at the bottom end of the bed. But if you've got a couple of pillows that are basically being used as a bolster to stop Monty worming his way, they can almost be discounted. Would you agree, Bush? I think, yeah. What, in terms of letting her off? Yeah. Yes, Monty sounds uh, incorrigible. So, yeah, maybe in this case, we're willing to let it slide. Oh, I think that's good. That's good news. Do you know what I had last night with a cup of tea, uh, watching Married at First Sight Australia? I had some Viennese whirls. I absolutely love them. Hugely underappreciated cake, the old Viennese world. Do you remember them little tiny swirl cake oh, with yeah. jam in the middle? Yeah, uh, laced with danger if you uh, if you ate them at the wrong angle and the, the, the cream and the jam would come splurging out. Some people like that kind of thing. And do you know what? Why I love them so much, right? The reason I love Viennese world so much is they remind me of the treats that my nana from Liverpool used to have in her biscuit tin back in the day. Proper nana treats. And there's something very special about those little uh, things that you always knew you could get if you go around your nan's house. So mm. I thought, 5pm challenge on the show tonight on Home Time. Let's try and create the ultimate list of nana treats. So is there anything that's jumping out for you, Richie, that would have been a treat when you went around your nan's house? Straight away, 100%. Um, and it's a treat sometimes that wouldn't have been offered. I actually just went and took it myself but other times it was offers yeah exactly oh, okay fair it was my nan's collection of new berry fruits it was a type of sweet <laughs> and and they, i remember them as if they were yesterday it was like a a fruit jelly but in the yeah. middle of the fruit jelly was like a crunchy bit of juice that would just come oozing out and Ooh, I, they have proper old school sweets them aren't oh, they Do they yeah. have like a tracing paper on top of them so you had to lift up and pick one. Like a little, they, I, I feel like they were nestled in a little foil doily. <laughs> well, that's it. And what was your nana's first? Because what we want tonight, right? What your nana's first name, and then what was the treat that she would have had? Daphne's so Newberry it? fruits, and Josie's Viennese whirls. Oh. What about that, folks? <laughs> James is referring to Nana Margaret talking about a fruitcake he's, de- he's describing it dense enough to sink a, mo- a submarine but tasty enough to win the Great British Bake Off says can't see a fruitcake in a shop without thinking of Nana Margaret oh god bless her Judith says my daughter who's now nearly 28 used to love going around to her nanas after school to watch Tracy Beaker on telly and eat pink wafer biscuits remember them you don't see them much these days a lad in my year at school had to go to hospital because someone threw a pink wafer biscuit at a party and it hit the corner of the pink wafer, hit his eyeball. Maybe that is why you don't see the pink wafer biscuits, because they were they were sharp. They were sharp. Imagine getting one of them in the corner of your eye. What a way to leave a party as well on a stretcher with that sticking out your head. If you think about your Kit Kat, that's been covered in chocolate because Kit Kat are clever enough to know that your wafer's quite sharp. The yeah, chocolate, yeah, well, a, it's a protective layer. I just think how things would have been different if he'd been hit with a wagon wheel. <laughs> Darren says, uh, coffee made with milk in a pan. Never had it anywhere else. That was at his <laughs> nan's place. And this fella says, Garibaldi biscuits, fondant fancies and cans of lemonade. Oh, that's quite a, quite a treat. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've called Claire back because she's got in touch with a really nice uh, little offering. I think she's hanging on to talk to us. Hello, Claire. Oh, my God. Hi. Hello. Hello. 
doing? <laughs> oh, Joy, it's really nice to speak to you, right? Because whenever we call people back at the moment, they get annoyed with us because they think we're phoning for Make Me a Winner and we're just like, actually, it's just us two wanting a chat. So it's nice Aww. that you're all positive about this. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm really happy to chat. <laughs> yeah. Bless you. So, Claire, tell us about this Nana snack. Uh, who was it and what's the snack? So my Nana Jenny um, was, I'm from New Zealand, but my Nana Jenny was from Newcastle. And she used to make her own fresh pastry, and it was amazing. It was really flaky and soft and delicious. And she used to make this little kind of cone-shaped pastry case and bake it, and then she'd pipe it with fresh cream and jam. And they were Nana Jenny's cream horns. Nana Jenny's cream horns. They sound absolutely fantastic. And you used to love going around hers to have one of those as a treat, I imagine? Oh, my gosh. Every day after school, we'd go around, and you'd walk into the house, and it would smell of baking, and... Yeah, she'd give you a cream horn. And if you were really lucky, she'd let you finish the last slurp of her tea. That's great. I felt sure, Bush, that you said that you saw Nana Jenny's cream horns at Reading back in the 90s. (laughs) They they were a fantastic indie band. They really were. The second album wasn't much cop, though. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like something straight off a bake-off, and they sound fantastic. That's going right on the list. Wicked. Thanks, guys. Uh, some amazing stuff coming on, uh, coming into the show here. Cheers to everyone who's got in touch so far. Uh, Lisa said, my grandma Ivy used to give us these biscuits. She sent in a photo of them, uh, which had marshmallows, coconut and jam and came in strawberry and orange flavour. Do you remember those? She says, a Google search later, I think they're called Jamboree Biscuits. Oh, that's a good name. Uh, lovely. Uh, James says, my nan would have uh, Cadbury's Eclairs in the drawer next to where she sat. You'd go into the room and nan would just nod towards the drawer as if to say, go on then, have one. Good old nan, James that. says. I love that. My, my nana's top drawer was always full of little bingo pens. Those little red biros <laughs> that she lifted from the bingo. Uh, we've got Georgie on the line. Georgie, tell us what treat you got round at your nan's house. So, um, when I was little, obviously in the days when Irish Stout was good for you, um, I'd be given um, some a well-known brand of Irish Stout with lemonade to make it more palatable because it was good for me. Wow, so <laughs> your, your, your nana was giving you uh, essentially uh, a Guinness shandy. When you were a kid, yeah. basically, basically, with the goodness from the Guinness, from the Guinness, yeah. So it was. I mean, it was different times. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's very different to Bush's Viennese Wells and my new berry yeah. fruits. Yeah, exactly. And the pink wafers, like, just, you know, fade into insignificance, don't they? But yeah. Did she? Was, um, um, did she ever like chant with your granddad, saying, "Get it down, you," and make you put the glass <laughs> empty above your head? <laughs> No, I think that came later in, as I grew up. But um, no, it was just one of the, it was just completely normal. It wasn't a big deal. I'm going to defend your nanny, Georgie. It, it, you know, people often remind us about Guinness. It, it started off medicinal. It did. You look at all the posters, and um, it was just one of those ways to get iron. There you go. Like they say, stay in the pink with ciggies and drink. <laughs> oh, that was definitely no cigarettes. <laughs> Phew. Good to talk to you, Georgie. Yeah. Take care. Yeah, you too. Cheers, mate. One more. Uh, let's get uh, Gemma's. Gemma, what was it for you? Um, it was my nan used to work as a dinner lady in my primary school. Um, so she used to save me my favourite snack, which was uh, an egg boiled egg sandwich. Every single day. <laughs> Every so she used day. to keep it aside from uh, being a dinner lady. She used to like put it to the side for you and then sneak it out to you. 
Yeah, that's exactly what she did, yeah. <laughs> OK, then, now, this is... The, the penny's dropping for me here. So this was actually a boiled egg that was done in the school canteen and your nan snaffled it for you and the rest of the kids aren't getting boiled eggs, but you're get, you are. Yeah, exactly that. Wow. I'm not saying I got preferential treatment, but I definitely did. <laughs> Amazing. And, and do you still like boiled egg sandwiches to this day? I do, and um, whenever I'm having a nostalgic no- moment, I will eat a boiled egg sandwich. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's been a lot of egg chat uh, over the last couple of days of the show. Bush and I have been very concerned uh, that people are buying Easter eggs with three weeks to go and then just demolishing them and then going out and buying more. And that's that's not really how we go about consuming Easter eggs. So we've been pretty consistent uh, on this and rulings have been made. Bush, on a slightly different matter, but it is related because it is food, I, I've noticed there's, there's starting to crop up this, 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 this vogue of what I would call Easter eggs extras all right like so what you've done there thank you very thank you very much so it's it's food that you'd normally have but people have gone that step further and tried to twist it into easter here's the example i'd like to give to you hot cross buns who doesn't love them okay they're love fantastic them. absolutely love them i'm a big fan of marmite oh, yeah quite the two have been crossed. Marks and Spencers are selling, and I bought yesterday evening on the way home, four cheese hot cross buns infused with Marmite. What's your thoughts? I think, I think that's gone too far. Can I, I don't want to have a pop at Marmite, right, because I like Marmite myself on my toast. I think Marmite is the condiment equivalent of Rita Rora. <laughs> <laughs> Explain. They, they can't do anything on their own. They always have to collaborate with someone else. <laughs> Stick to your own lane. Do your own album. Do you know what I mean? Why are you always on with, you know, hot cross buns, you know, featuring Marmite? Do you know I what I mean? Would, do your own thing. I would defend Marmite and Rita Ora and say the reason they collaborate so much is because on their own they're very strong flavours. That's so a good point. They, they need a flavour maybe just to take them down a couple of notches. I just think it's always in brackets featuring... Marmite, a.k.a. Rita Ora, because they're always <laughs> collaborating with other people. I just don't think it's needed. And also, like, would you have normally had Marmite on a, on a hot cross bun in a, normally? No. <laughs> in fairness. <laughs> what do they taste like? That's the key thing. Is it nice? It was fantastic. It was absolutely brilliant. All I found that you needed was to spread a little bit of uh, butter, margarine on there, and you were away. It was fantastic. The Marmite just melted. I loved it. But you, you raise a very good point. Uh, this is almost the tip of the iceberg in many ways with these Easter extras. Lots of companies, it doesn't just have to be food, they're bringing out Easter-themed versions of their things. And I would say Easter's going through what um, Halloween went through a few years ago. Do you remember Halloween in the 80s? It was just bin bags yeah. and people with painted faces. Yeah. Now it's like multi-million pounds. I think Easter's going through the same thing. You're saying, Bush, that this is uh, a step too far. This tweet yep. has come in and says, when I worked at Starbucks, the best-selling toasted sandwich was Marmite and cheese, says Joe. I haven't got a problem with that. It's just why get the whole hot cross bun thing involved. They were doing fine. They've been around for donkey's years and just leave them be. Although some people are taking this to the next level. Uh, Becky, who's currently cooking her tea in Ghoul, says Bush and Richie just to say that the Marmite and cheese hot cross buns taste even better with the Marmite peanut butter on top. Hold Crunchy up. as a must. Hold up. What? 
the, the, the Marmite hot cross buns, but with Marmite peanut butter. That is like Marmite Inception. Marmite within Marmite within a Marmite. That I tell you, as I stand here right now, that has done something to me. Trina's seen one. What is it, Trina? Easter crackers I've seen. Like Christmas crackers. What, what and you cool. pull it and then Easter stuff yeah, comes out? Cool and, yeah, yeah. I've never stooped to buy some, but uh, I've seen them. <laughs> Where are you standing on that bush? Well, I want to know what Easter stuff comes out of it. What on earth Eastery can come out of a cracker? I don't know. I don't know. Well, mini eggs. Little oh, plastic. Yeah. yeah, maybe little plastic chicks. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't want to be mean to Easter and everything. <laughs> do, do, do you feel that um, Easter's getting ideas above its station a little bit? Uh, yeah, I think so. It's too commercialised, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Just like Christmas starts too early. I'm going to stand up for it if it means I'm getting Marmite crumpets. Not crumpets. <laughs> Marmite hot cross buns. I've got Marmite on my mind. Do, do, they have, do they still have the fruit in? Are they like a normal fruity hot cross bun but with Marmite in? I can report back to you it was a little bit like a brown bap infused with cheese and Marmite. Uh, okay. Oh, that's all right then. That's okay. Right, this is not an 0898 hotline about <laughs> this stuff. We're wrapping this up now. Thanks very much. <laughs> okay. There's your podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Cheers to everyone who's got involved and thank you for listening, etc. One final thing. We're going to have to take you back to the the shamrock-flavoured mayonnaise that we were talking about right at the beginning of the show. Mm. There's one vital bit of information that Richie uh, didn't include in his description of the mayonnaise, and it's this. Yeah, I haven't read properly. Consume within two days of opening. And it's bright green. (laughs) That's a little bit suspicious as far as I'm concerned.